following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Oh, my, my, my. Wow, some of you folks look like drowned rats tonight when you came in. You must have walked a long way to church. And some of you had nice hoodies on and uh, you, look, you look dry. But whether you're wet or dry, you're in God's house. Amen. And what a joy to see you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm near tears tonight. I really am. I, I turned to read and I told Brad, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And, and I told Ted, I said, Ted, I want you to look at this crowd. It's a rainy, rainy night in Austin. And these people could be a lot of places tonight, basically, mainly home. Eating hot dogs or hamburgers or whatever, some soup that mama made, some chicken soup for the soul. But you didn't. You showed up at church. You showed up at church. And you know what? When you show up at church, God has a way of showing up for you. Because he said, if you will, I will. And he'll do a whole lot more with our effort than we could ever do without him in our life. He loves us. Now, I want to do something before I teach tonight. My teaching is not lengthy on these nights because in the morning I'm up at five o'clock again. I'll be honest with you. I got, I got to be honest. I got, I, I've never been dishonest in this pulpit. I kind of remember that story about them two little boys that found that dog and they had a fight over who's going to take that dog home. And one of them said, well, the one that can tell the biggest lie will take this dog home. About that time, a preacher came up and he said, what are you boys doing? He said, well, we're trying to figure out who's going to take this dog home. And and the one that tells the biggest lie, and the preacher said, oh, boys, 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 you don't need to be lying. And they said, well, Pastor, you've never lied. He said, never. He said, sir, you can take that dog home. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not lying tonight, but I am, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a tired puppy. This, the, the, we, we went, hump day was today. We're like that old camel walking through that office. You know what day it is? <laughs> it's hump day. And we went over hump day today. Day 11 was today, and we've got 10 more to go. And, and you folks are just absolutely blowing my mind because you're showing up. You're just showing up. I love this side, too. Let me talk over here. And, 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 and you, just, you just show up, and, and it's so much fun. And you know what I think is one of the keys to our prayer is our time of worship. I think our time of worship is so unique that 15 minutes that we take for worship and for time of just celebrating the Lord and then taking our petitions to Him and then coming back with focused prayer. I just thank you. I, I, I really believe that this is probably the greatest time of prayer this church has ever had. It really is because I think the expectation of last year after last year coming back this year and understanding how powerful prayer is. You know, you know God, God don't answer your prayer just because you pray it the first time. Read Daniel. Daniel prayed 21 days, but God heard him the first day, but he got through the 21st day because there was a prince of Persia trying to withstand the word that could come into Daniel and Michael came and warred with the prince of Persia and got the word through to Daniel. So don't stop praying. If you don't get your answer, don't stop praying. Just keep petitioning. Just keep coming because God will answer your prayer. I really believe that. I really believe that. Now, I want to ask tonight. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I want to ask if you have been coming to our church the last two months, would you stand up and remain standing? We just want to look at you. We want to embarrass you and look at you. 
Just stand up. No, no, don't clap yet. Just stand up. Just stand up. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look you here. Look you here. Come on, just keep standing. Two months, two months. Two months, two months. Two months or less. Come on, just keep standing. All right, in the balcony. All right, look you up here. Look in the balcony, folks. Look here. Two months or less. Look at this. Look at this. This is awesome. You may be seated. God loves people. And this church is a God church because we love people here. We really, really do. I, uh, I, met, I met someone at prayer several days ago, and, and I made a statement to him this morning. I'm not going to call his name because I don't want y'all to get jealous of him. But I told him like Bum Phillips told me a long time ago. I said, I believe I like you quicker than anybody I've ever met. And when I make that statement, it's because I feel a, a beautiful kindred spirit and there's, a, there's some wonderful spirits walking in this church, and we want you to be upbeat. We want you to understand that we believe that God can take you and make you a warrior in the kingdom of God. And he can also give you a, a, a switch, and you can go whip a bear with that switch. David whipped a bear with bare hands. He whipped a lion with bare hands. So God's going to give you a switch. And so you can take care of anything that comes your way, because God, if he's for us, who can be against us? Amen. What a joy to serve that kind of God. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna preach a little bit here to you tonight. Not going to be lengthy. I'll be through before you think I'm through. So hang in here. Don't take a bathroom break on me if you can help it. Say kidneys, hold fast. Bladder, stay where you are. It's like Joshua saying, sun, stand still, and moon, stop over the, moon, over the valley of Agilon. So I just talked to the kidneys and the bladder. Say, hold on. He won't be long tonight. Would you stand? You're awesome people. I love you very much. Last week we talked about is God enough? Is God enough? You remember that last week? And we, I want to ask you, is God enough? Is he enough or do you need extra things in your life? Do you need the extras in your life? Is God plenty for your life? I think without a shot of a doubt that God's plenty in my life. I don't need anything else. The Lord, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. Amen. And so we talked about that last week and Tonight, we're going to talk about God is on top. Everybody say, he's on top. And next week, we're finishing this series, and we're going to talk about what God is not. You want to be here next week. It's the third part of this trilogy, and we're going to talk about what God is not. But today, I want to read a text while you're standing from the book of Job, chapter 22. Is not God in the height of heaven? And behold, the height of the stars, how high they are. The message version, the same scripture says, you agree, don't you, that God is in charge? <laughs> he runs the universe. Just look at the stars. But I love the living Bible. It says this, God is so great, higher than the heavens, higher than the stars. And Moffat's translation is more in tune. He says simply, God is on top of it all. Everybody say, God's on top. One tried to get on top of God one day and he got a boot. He got kicked out of heaven because God is on top of this thing. So wherever you are and whatever you're under, God is over what you're under. And your God can take you above what is over you right now. So clap your hands and say, I'm going to help you, Pastor. And you may be seated. God bless. Everybody say, God, God. is on top of it all. We may be standing and clapping our hands and saying that a few times tonight because I like all, 
audience participation on Wednesday night. So if he is, if God is on top, why has he dwindled so in the minds of men and women? Why? Why such evil in the world? Why are we battling this evil thing? God has become pygmy in many minds. He's more gnome than he is giant. He's too deaf perhaps to hear their plea, too blind to see their plight. His arm is too short to reach them. His heart is too small to love them. It's a word. It's a world out of orbit. Profane minds seek to denigrate him. His name is blasphemed. His name is profaned. His name is defied and his name is denied. And you know that. There's a conspiracy to put distance between man and his maker. So viewing God from afar has diminished his power to us because he's too far off. Oh, he can take charge of a funeral. A lot of people see that, but he can't take charge of a festival of your life. He can preside over a dead body, but he can't take care of a living soul. We turn to him in trouble, but oftentimes not in triumph, and you know that. We make room for him when our world collapses, but he can't elbow in when all is well. And it's not a spirit, it's just life. He becomes small because we're viewing him from too far away. He seems small because we are so far away. But if we will come close, we will see him for what he really is. He's on top of everything. Hold your hands up here like this and say, he's on top of everything. A hundred years ago, Samuel Morris perfected the telegraph and he sent his first message, which read this, what God hath wrought. In 1969, when Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon, his first words were a small step for man and a giant leap for mankind. Man had managed to muscle God out of the equation. God didn't get any credit for the man on the moon. And the reason we live our lives without joy and peace is because God is too far away. And man has become his own God. And we worship the creature more than we do the creator, Romans said. And God has gotten far removed from the parameter of our life. The psalmist said in Psalm 73, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But they that are far from thee shall perish. And it is a good thing for me to draw near to God. One of the reasons we have church and the way we have church is because we want you to be able to draw near to God. For when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. He will come to where you are. And I think it's very important that our music is tuned the way it is. I love walking in this church and feeling the presence of God when you walk in the door of the house. And I love to sit beside somebody that's praising God because there's nothing like drawing near to God and watching God draw near to you. I told someone tonight before, while they were praying, I said, you know, outside on the door, I was hurting. My body was in pain. But when I walked into his presence, I became pain-free again tonight. Isn't that amazing? And I think that happens to some of y'all. I really, really do. I think it happens to you. I think some of you lay down your burdens <laughs> when you walk in the house. Because I discovered a long time ago, back when Jesus walked the earth, he was from the tribe of Judah and he couldn't even go into the house that was built for him. 
He was not welcome in the temple. He was from the wrong tribe. The tribe that could go in was Levi and Levi only. But Jesus stood at the door of the house of God and removed the burdens from those going into the house because that's what Jesus does. When you walk in here and into his presence, there's something about him taking off your burdens and taking off your load and taking off your pain and taking off your circumstance and said, go on in there and enjoy the benefits and the blessings of heaven. And it makes us want to be strong walking out to a world again. Come on, clap your hands. God is on top of it all. Simon fussed with Jesus about launching out into deep waters in the book of Luke. But when the deck was full of fish, he said to the Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinner. Because he saw the Lord close up. Habakkuk got bent out of shape in the Old Testament. So he went up and had a lot to say about the Lord and about life. But when he ascended the tower of faith, his tune changed. He said in 2 and 20, God is still in his holy temple. And he said in verse 14, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth. Thomas was comfortable with his fussing and arguing with the disciples about whether the Lord was alive or not. He said they were imagining that God was, that Jesus was alive. And he said, I will not believe except I thrust my hands into his side. But up close, when he touched his side, he said, my Lord and my God. Elisha's servant saw Syrians. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And when he drew close, he saw the flaming horsemen of heaven. The highest thing that Job could imagine in his day was the stars. And God was on top of it all. Isaiah said, he sitteth on the circle of the earth. The Shah of Iran sat on a peacock throne. Emperor Hirohito sat on a chrysanthemum throne. But I've come to worship a God who is on top of it all. I've come to tell you that all those that sit on those thrones, those peacock thrones and those chrysanthemum thrones don't match the God that I worship here tonight. Because the God I worship is on top of everything. He's above all, through all, and in you all. Come on, put your hands up and say, he's on top of it all. Anybody get excited about that? That makes me get excited. The Hubble telescope is able to send back pictures of stars to NASA. And engineers and scientists marvel at man's ability to take pictures of way out there. And God made the stars, you know. <laughs> the nearest star is 26 trillion miles away. I, don't know, I can't imagine that. The furthest star is 59 sextrillion miles away. I can't imagine that. The star called Antares can swallow up 64 million suns the size of our own. You didn't catch that. Let me say that again. Antares can swallow up 64 million suns the size of our own. And Epsilon, that is 3,000 times greater in diameter than Antares, 27 billion times as great as our own sun. And I say simply, wow, in my notes. God got ready to make them and just use five words. He made the stars also. <laughs> now, what's your problem? Come on, what's your problem? Say, he's on top. In other words, he said, now let's move on to something else. I made those stars. Let's get out of here and do something else. 
Everybody say, God, God. is on top of everything. You might be under it tonight. You might be wrestling with a bear tonight. But God is on top of everything in this world. And there's nothing that can overwhelm him. He's God. Help me preach tonight. Help me preach. If you could walk the avenue of time to the past, every step as a thousand years. Now think with me. Every step a thousand years. Every step a thousand years. One step. One step you'd get back to William the Conqueror. Two steps you'd get back to the birth of Jesus. That's 2,000 years. Three steps you'd be meeting Helen of Troy. Four steps you'd be meeting Abraham. You understand what I'm saying? 130 steps you'd be with the Hildeberg man, the Heidelberg man. One quarter mile you'd go to Europe's oldest stone elements. And 250 miles at 1,000 years a step you'd arrive at the earliest fossil organisms that man has discovered. But it would not contradict scripture. The Bible doesn't say the world isn't old. It just says in the beginning God made it. I can't get this smile off my face. Everybody say God made it. Ten words. In the beginning God made the heavens and the earth. Say it with me. In the beginning God made the heavens and the earth. Say it again. In the beginning God made the heavens and the earth. I got a, I got a little shout in me tonight. I'm feeling good. My question is how big is God in your life? Come on, let's talk. Is he towering over your dilemma? Is he towering over your pain? Is he towering over your financial pressure? If not, you're viewing God from too far off. Say it with me. God is on top of everything. Come on, clap your hands real big. Clap your hands. I'm not getting a lot of response from you because some of you think that God can't be on top because I'm under it. You need to let God have his way in your life. John saw him on Patmos and John fell as one that was dead. Now listen, what boiling oil and exile and loneliness could not do, getting close to Jesus did. John fell out like a dead man. Boiling oil couldn't put him out. Exile couldn't put him out. Loneliness couldn't put him out. But when he got in the presence of the Lord, he fell down. Our God is above it all. Man just has to look in the mirror to figure out how great God is. This human body, we have 58 pounds of oxygen in us. We have 50 quarts of water. We have two ounces of salt. We have three pounds of calcium. We have 24 pounds of carbon. We have chlorine, phosphorus, fat. I got a lot of that. Iron, <laughs> sulfur, and glycerin. I'm over, I'm over on my fat content. And, and physiologists say to make a body, that's what God did. But God did it with dust. He made man. He reached into the side of man and pulled out a rib and made a woman. He's on top of it all. I love the story of Satan and God talking about creation of beings. And Satan said, I can create beings. And he stooped down to gather dirt to start and said, hold on, Satan, get your own dirt. Come on now. Come on, let's brag on God a little bit right now. Come on. Let's brag a little bit on God right now. Come on, clap your hands and say, that's the God I serve. Come on, that's the God I serve. Yeah. Woo. 
Have you ever just kind of wanted to stand up and kind of go like this and say, hmm, that feels good. I feel a little dance in my step tonight. Because when I get to bragging on God, I can't get still. I can't hold my peace. Because God's bigger than anything in my life. He's massive. He's awesome. He's great. He's grandeur. There's nothing like him in all the world. And I'm going to praise him like he's that magnificent, awesome, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God. I'm going to praise him. Next time your faith gets a little weak, get a picture out of yourself and look at your eyes. A hundred million receptors in your eyes. 24,000 vibrators in your ears, 500 muscles, a lot of mine with bluebell in them, 200 bones, seven miles of nerve fiber. Think about it, a heart beating 36 million times a year, pumping 60,000 gallons of blood through 600,000 miles of veins, vessels and arteries. (laughs) Look at yourself. You don't need a Bible. You just need a mirror. He's on top of it all. A postage stamp size piece of skin. A postage stamp size of skin has three million cells in it. A yard of blood vessels. Four yards of nerves. A hundred sweat glands. Fifteen oil glands. Some of you will want these notes after church because you're going to research them. I've already researched it. Thank you very much. Twenty-five nerve endings. And the evolutionists want me to believe it got here with a big bang? It's easier to believe that Webster's unabridged dictionary came out of an explosion in a printing press. God is on top of everything. He fills all time. He fills all space. He stared down a band of unbelieving Jews and said, before Abraham was, I am. That's what he said. Mary was at Bethany and said, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. And Martha said, I know he'll live in the future. He said, Martha, I am present, the resurrection and the life. Now, let me talk to you folks. Quit putting your God in your past or in your future. Let God get in your present because he is right now. He's right now, the resurrection and the life in your life. And I feel a healing in this house. I feel healing here right now. I feel like I need to prophesy some things to you because God wants to do some healing in your life. And you've pushed it off and said, one day I'll get my healing. And you've said, it's because of something I did in my past. You hear me. It's not about his yesterday. It's not about his tomorrow. He wants you to understand it's about his right now in your life. And some of you need to raise your hands and say, I receive what God wants me to have in my heart tonight, right now, right now. And you need to receive it. Come on, lift your hands. You don't have to go crazy about it. Just lift your hands and say, I receive what God has for me now, right now. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Get out of here, despair. Get out of here, despondency. Get out of here, discouragement. Get out of here, pain. Get out of here, hurt. Get out of here, yesterday. Get out of here. I've got a God of right now. He is the resurrection and the life. Woo! 
There's no sense in keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. Claim it now. God is on top of everything. Everybody said he fills all space. Anybody feel different? You claim it tonight? David said he is a very present help. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He said his glory shall cover the whole earth. Because if I take the wings of morning, he's there. If I make my bed in hell, he's there. Revelation said the devil has come down with great wrath knowing he hath a short time. The reason you're confronted with all kinds of trouble and stuff in your life is because hell don't want you to get plugged into this right now, God. He wants to help you right now. Right now. Let him help you now. Quit putting it off till tomorrow. Because tomorrow never comes. Because when it gets here, it's right now. He wants to be your right now, God. We are confronted in this last day with spirits that are unidentified. And I'm, I'm not far from closing. Jehoshaphat's victory in the Chronicles over Moab and Ammon, they were familiar foes. And the children of Mount Seir were unfamiliar people. Mount Seir in the Hebrew means hairy, shaggy ones. Hairy, shaggy ones. I'm just preaching. Spirits we don't know about. Daniel spoke of four beasts in his prophecy. He named the first three, but the fourth he could not identify. He just said they had iron teeth and they would chew you up and then they'd stomp the residue with their feet. He could not describe it. It was just something that had a power, a power in its grip and a power in its step. And Daniel spoke of these. He identified three. And in Luke 10, Jesus gave us authority over the devil's ability. He said, I want to give you power to tread on serpents. War against things that we know and some that we do not know. Paul spoke of being troubled and perplexed and persecuted and cast down. Yet in all this, he knew in whom he believed. Job said he is above the stars. He is on top of everything. Psalms chapter 21 said, For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they were not able to perform. Now, I want to, I want to stop right here and teach you a lesson. Hell loves to threaten, but hell is a bulldog on a leash. I love the story of Pilgrim's Progress. When they saw the lions on the way and they thought they were going to be devoured. And all of a sudden somebody said, Christian, the lions are chained. You got to get this. The devil is as a roaring lion. On our way to glory, he roars. And the reason the lion roars is because he's hungry and he's missed his prey. And hell is hungry, but he has a hard time getting a hold of God's kids that trust in the God that's on top of everything. And I want to tell you, on your way to glory, you're going to face some lions, but they're chained. They are chained. God's got them in, under his control because Calvary purchased our redemption. And we don't have to be afraid of evil and afraid of enemies and afraid of the devil. You hear me? You can be bold and brave in this world. And I'm not trying to make you go out and pick a fight with the devil. But you don't have to go to bed at night fearful. You don't have to wake up in the morning fearful. 
You don't have to worry that God is not with you. He's going to watch over you. He sends his angels. He gives his angels charge over us. They're ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. That's us, folks. We got somebody to watch over us. So when you lay down, say, take good care of them tonight, angel. I'm going to sleep. You stay awake and worry about it. And you go on to sleep. Don't let hell rob you of your sleep. Don't let hell stop you from sleeping. It's a good thing to have rest. God gives his righteous rest. And I'm preaching to somebody tonight. It's time for you to lay down and tell hell, you're not coming in this house. You're not going to destroy my kids. You're not going to take over this dominion. I'm going to be a part of the kingdom of God and my family's going to live for God and we're going to be in peace with him. Hallelujah. That's just a little side teaching off my notes. God said to the, to, to, to the, to the Mount Seerites, he said, oh, Mount Seer, watch this now. I am against you and I will destroy you. May I say God is not neutral. He is on our side. The living Bible says, he said to Mount Seir, I will smash you with my fist. You don't want none of that. My daddy used to name his fist death and destruction. Just to us boys. He said, son, if the right one don't get you, the left one will. And I remember one night we came home from shopping. I shouldn't tell this about my dad, but he's my hero. We came home from shopping. We'd gone to town, and town was Littlefield, Texas. We lived out in a little place called Spade. And uh, I had some football prowess there. I was in the second grade, and I was the fastest kid on the parking lot. But that was a long time ago. I, I didn't make any annals. There, there's, no, there's no records kept of that. <laughs> we came back, and we walked up to the door, and we never locked our door. And we heard some rustling on the inside. And I got scared, and my brother got scared, and we was just little old kids. I, but I remember it. Some things you never forget. My daddy had two bags of groceries, and Mama had a bag, and my brother and I had a bag, and it cost us $25, and we had about five bags. <laughs> Different day. And, and all of a sudden, we heard somebody say, we've got to get out of here. They're here. And my dad, with no gun, just a big old brawling Christian guy said, yeah, you better get out of here because I'm going to count to three and if you're not out of here, I'm going to throw you out of here. One, two, and the door opened, the light came on and it was our kin folks from Oklahoma. <laughs> Death and destruction. You have a heavenly father. That goes before you. And I'm not saying pick a fight, but you got somebody that says, Old Mount Seer, you shaggy, hairy ones trying to mess with my kids, I'm going to smash you because I'm the God that's on top of everything. Come on. We got a God that's going to take care of us. We have a God that's going to take care of us. Randy, if you'll come and help me. Nebuchadnezzar said to the Hebrew boys, Who is this God who can deliver you out of my hand? But when he put him in the fiery furnace, he realized that when he came close, he saw the Son of God in the fire, <laughs> the fourth man in the fire. Everybody worships the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Pharaoh and Moses squared off. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him? But a few plagues later, he wanted Moses to bless him. He said, bless me. You know why? 
Because all these people that fought against the God of Israel understood that God that I preached about tonight, he's on top of it all. And he is above all. And he is through all. And he is in us all. He's in us all. He's in us all. He's in us all. I, uh, I love to talk about him. I really do. I love to talk about him. He's, a, he's, such a, he's such an awesome God to me. He's been such a dear friend to me. He really, really has. I was, uh, I was wounded early in life because I, I, didn't, I didn't think that I had what it took to see the miraculous of God through my ministry. Because there was a, a man that came to a revival that I was preaching, my second revival, that was like a hero of a healer. He was like a Benny Hinn of his day. And I watched him perform, and I said, God, I, that, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. I, I don't have that. He had such a walk with God. And, and that, that, that rode on me. That, that stayed over me for a long, long time. And I went to pastor our first church in Dallas, and 15 people was there on the first Sunday, and counting my wife and my baby and I. Misty, we had 17. And uh, that would mean 14. That's right, 14. And there was eight on one side and eight on the other side. And I was in the middle. So if the church split, I would have less than 10. They had eight on either side. And about, about four weeks in to our ministry there, a young lady brought her child to church one Sunday morning. And I, I know now what it was. it was. It was my testing. It was God saying, you're going to either trust me or you're going to do this by yourself. And I was in the office and somebody said, Pastor, we got a guest today. And wow, when you had 15 people, it was wonderful to have a guest. And we had a guest and, and, and said, she's got a sick baby. And I'll never forget when she walked in. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again for the glory of God tonight because some of you need to hear this. And I went out there and this baby had this, what they call hydrocephalic condition, is a waterhead baby. And the baby probably didn't have a lot of time left. The head was swollen. It was, it was pretty, pretty gross. And I thought, oh, God, where is, where is Brother Hensley? Where is Brother Hensley now? Where is he at? I need him here to heal this kid. And God said, you're here. And I'm your God, just like I'm his God. And so I said, bring the baby down. Bring the baby down. We're going to pray. And so we prayed, and there hadn't been any miracles. Nobody received the Holy Spirit. Nobody gotten saved in that church in a long time. And it was like our fifth or sixth week there. And we prayed for that baby, anointed it with oil, and prayed. And nothing happened. There wasn't any celebration. And then the Holy Ghost said, tell her to go to the doctor tomorrow and get that baby checked. So I looked at her, and I said, I think her name was Linda. I said, Linda. I want you to go to the doctor tomorrow and get this baby checked. God told me to tell you that. And, and I'm not anybody, folks. I'm not anybody. And I really wasn't anybody then. She said, Pastor, I don't have an appointment tomorrow. I said, it don't matter. Go. Just walk in and say, check this baby. And she went to the doctor the next day and came in and just, they knew her. They'd been working on that baby. They knew this woman. And they said, what are you doing here? She said, well, and she kind of stuttered around and said, I went to church yesterday Got this baby prayed for. And the pastor told me to come let y'all check it today. 
And so they said, okay. So they, the doctor took it, took the baby in, and he came out about five minutes later, and he said, I need two other doctors. So they had three doctors. They had to have two other opinions. They took her in there, and they, they said, Linda, something's happened to this baby. He said, what doctor did you see yesterday at that church? And she said, well, I love I to tell this about him. She said, well, they called him Dr. Jesus, the great physician. And they said, this baby is well. In one prayer, the baby went from hydrocephalic condition to a well baby. And she said, now this is a true story, so help me God. She said, would you mind holding this baby for a moment for me? And they said, why? She said, because I'm going to dance before the Lord. And that little girl that had doubt about God being her present day God had a, just a Holy Ghost time in that doctor's office. Amen. Believe it if you want to, it happened. Several years later, I'd gone from Dallas and I'd gone back to Oklahoma to preach a camp meeting. And I walked into the tabernacle, those old tabernacles, you know, and I walked in the tabernacle and I saw this kid running to me. I said, I don't know who that is. What's that kid run to me? And that kid run up and just wrapped her arms around me. And I looked up and I saw the mother and the dad. And I recognized the mother. It was several years later. And I knew then who it was. It was the little baby that we had prayed for. And she came running and hugged me and she said, I'm still healed. Pastor Rex, I'm still healed. Let me tell you something. Now you hear me. You hear me. You hear this. And I'm going to close with this, but you hear this. When God does his job, he does it well. And this church still believes in divine healing. We still believe that God can do anything because he's on top of everything. 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 And I pulled that little girl into that camp and I stood her up. And I said, God healed this baby when she was an infant. And here she is. You know what it started in that camp meeting? A massive healing crusade that night. And God healed so many people. I'm ready to see the healer in the house at Christian Life Austin. Amen. It's time to quit worrying about yesterday or putting God off till tomorrow. He is the resurrection right now. Stand to your feet and clap your hands all over the house. Come on. Let's worship the Lord here a little bit tonight. Let's praise him a little bit here tonight. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. Next Wednesday night, I'm going to tell some stories to you. I am. Some stories of what's brought us to where we are today. Because God's done some miraculous things in this house. And I'll share them with you next week. I think it's time to start bragging on God like we never have. And next week, I'm going to talk about what God is not. You don't want to miss that. But let me, let me, let me tell you about prayer now, okay? Before, let me tell you about prayer. It's 8.30 and it's time for you all to go because we got to get up early in the morning. we got to get back here. And, and i got to get my coffee. Whoever makes a coffee, please get here extra early tomorrow. <laughs> and give me a couple of shots of espresso. I'm a little tired. But let me share something with you. Let me share something with you. God has done so many things to bring us to this point. And I want you people to experience what has brought us here. 
I don't want it just to be a, a, a bunch of tales of yesterday. I want God to engage in our lives right now. Everybody quote that with me. God, God is, on top is on top of it all. There is nothing above him. Everything is under his feet. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the redeemer. There's none like him. What a savior we serve. And we're going to honor that God. We're going to honor that God. Now, Friday week in our, in our prayer, Friday week, we have decided that we're going to have a time of prayer for needs in your life. So Friday morning, not this Friday, but next Friday, the last Friday, the 20th day of this prayer, we're going to have a prayer for people's needs. And we're going to believe that God at the end of this prayer is going to do some mighty things in that, in that Friday morning. We have had such huge crowds on Thursdays and Fridays, and I want you to be here next Friday week. If you don't come any other time, be here next Friday week because I want to see God operate in your life. That pain that you've been having in your side, it's time for it to walk out. That little knee problem, it's time for it to go because God is able to do anything, anything, anything. Clap your hands and rejoice and say, I, I, I got it. I got it, Pastor. I got it. I got it. I love you. Take somebody by the hand. And say, I'm glad I came to church tonight. Lift those hands up. Dear Father, thank you for a Wednesday night at Christian Life Austin. Thank you for right now. You're an awesome Savior. You're an awesome Savior. We love you. We honor you. We respect you. And we believe that there's not a problem that we have is on top of you. You're on top of it all. And you can take care of us. Now bless this church in a mighty glorious way. And let us see the glory and the presence of God on display in 2019 because we trust you and we believe in you. God, it's not the fact that you wasn't here. It's not the fact that you'll do it tomorrow. We understand you are our resurrection right now. Now bless us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody say Sunday. Everybody say Sunday. Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, 1030, 12 high noon. We're going to have a great time. I love you. You're the most awesome people in America, and you happen to live in Austin and go to CLC. God bless. Have a great, great night. And we'll see you in the morning, bright and early. I love you very much. God bless you. Bye-bye. Love you.